When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are thrilled about the win. TCU's hard to beat. They're always hard to beat. And, uh, you know, what it's, you know, what it means, the 10th win, uh, get to play in the Big 12 championship game here in a couple weeks, which is, which is significant, obviously. It's a big, big deal. Winning 10 games, getting to play for your conference championship is huge. Um, right now, it's all our focus is going to go towards, you know, to, to Bedlam, to Oklahoma State, going into Stillwater. With uh, with a lot of goals intact, man, and it's exciting. And uh, I still I, I still know our best balls out there, and our team feels like that too. And we're gaining on it, and uh, we're gonna go work our tails off and try to put it all together. John, what? Red seven. I don't know what red seven means. Hot route. I don't. What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down. Come on. Ready. Down. Set. Hut. 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 we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. Welcome back. It is the Eskridge Lexus post-game podcast show, and it is late, uh, about 2 a.m. in the morning here, and uh, we are coming back from uh, covering OU's 28-24 victory over TCU uh, in Norman. I believe it was in Norman. We're in Norman this week. Boy. Uh, Thank God. I don't know what we saw tonight. I It was. It <laughs> seems like, some, like you're going like, to see something weird this week. You don't, we, we're not going to tell you what it is. But it's going to be totally different and more weird than what you saw the week before. You've covered the team for 20 years, right? Is that accurate? This is the 20th year, yes. 20th year. Happy anniversary. On a day-to-day basis. Yes. 20th anniversary, I guess. That's why I'm ready to get out of this goddamn business. Have you experienced back-to-back-to-back weeks of what this team has been through and what we've watched over the last, basically, month as far as the most schizophrenic team in the entire country. I, if you if you say that you have an idea about this 2019 Oklahoma football team and we're 11 games in, you're lying. Like I just I don't know where to even begin with so many question marks. Their good is really good, like really good. See first quarter, but their bad is so ugly. I, I just I, know, I can't put I, words into it. I, I'll tell you this: there have been some some odd seasons. I mean, there have been all the championship run seasons. I mean, sure, nothing tops the 2000 season, sure. where you have you have Red October, uh, you have Kansas State, Nebraska, Texas A and M, all that stuff. Just, I mean, we were talking about that the other day about Texas. We were talking about this today, actually. Like, how many times have you ever seen like one of the greatest moments in OU football history in Norman? Because 
I don't know if you guys saw that thing circulating today. Lee Morris's dad having the block yeah. for the Keith mm-hmm. Jackson reverse yeah. against Nebraska. Yeah. Like there are so few of those moments that people remember and cherish from Norman. Like sure. miraculous. Like it always happens on the road. Well, somewhere. it's been it's been a product of their success, hasn't yeah, it? I think so. Basically, over the last since you've been yeah. covering it, as far as they've every home game for I mean fifteen Nebraska, years was an Nebraska ass in two thousand was a historic moment. Sure. They tore down the goalpost, for God's sakes. Yeah. And they got down, what, 14 nothing in that game and had to come back, and it was really weird and all that stuff. But it was it was a celebration. It was, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Like, you, that was innocence lost for most people because they'd gone through John Blake and... and, 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 and uh, it was a statement of Oklahoma's and, back on the map. Right. And it was... Everything about it was... And they were undefeated. Like... Before they went and killed Texas that year, they barely survived Kansas at home. Yeah. And Kansas threw the ball all over the place on them. It was insane. And everybody thought, this team sucks. This defense sucks. They're doomed. And then they go and beat Texas. What was that? The 63-14 game. Uh, and then they run the table. And and so that is, I mean, that's the craziest season. But then you have like the 5 team where they just suck. They just go from national championship to national championship to lose to TCU to start the season, uh, first game go out to year, UCLA, get their butts kicked out there. They finally kind of get it together, and they beat Oregon in the Holiday Bowl. And then there's 2014, which is just a disaster. I mean, they, I mean, beating Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, probably outside of winning the national championship, the most surprising thing that's ever happened that I covered at OU. Nothing else really compares to that from a non-national championship bowl game perspective that's probably fair and it's also why i thought texas was going to suck this year because they did the same thing sugar bowl the kiss of death OU <laughs> beat alabama bowl, and then 2014 the program almost got shuttered i mean they fired josh heupel they fired jay norvell they fired bruce kittle it, it was just awful well if you want to wrap it into uh 2014 i believe tonight was the lowest passing effort that Oklahoma has had since Trevor Knight or that, Cody Cody Thomas since that uh Clemson Russell oh, really? oh, he, 2014. That was Trevor. it just 11 completions I, but that so, was a completely inept offense that had no chance of doing anything like tonight yeah. tonight you come away with you know with being able to say man this offensive line is really good and man Kennedy Brooks can really run the ball and if Jalen Hurts can just hold on to the ball, <laughs> he's really good running the football, too. If I would have told you guys before the game, OU's going to right. double up on time as a possession, uh, rush the ball for 366 yards, uh, hold TCU to 204 yards, well, 65 through the air, and Jalen yeah. Rager was going to have one reception for nine yards. What do you think the score would If have you been? ever told me any, anything that Alex Grinch would come in here and coach a defense... That allowed 65 yards passing sure. in a game, I would have said, you're full of shit. Get out of here. Go smoke some more meth. Well, if I was smoking meth, it'd have been like, what do you think about it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, they actually had double the rushing yards that they did passing yards. They had 65, what, 139? Was that what the passing yards were? I'm uh, looking. Yeah, it ended up being 24. No, they the passing yards was... 65. TCU passed for 65 oh, no, yards. No, rushing yards. Did they have 130, was 139. 139. Yeah, 139, okay. 65, 204, and that's the lowest uh, total allowed by an Oklahoma team since 2017. 
I mean, Max Duggan was 7 of 21 with one interception. I know that... For 65 yards. I'm sure the fans want us to come on here and just kill OU for the way that they played, only winning by four, but does it just basically... Does it boil down to turnovers? Just don't turn the ball over. Yeah, that's all. And you win comfortably. Don't give a 98-yard interception return for a touchdown. Oh I mean, my, my God. God. Kick a, like, you kick a field goal there, and it's 31-17, and sure. you're like, this looks... But no, it's 28-24 because you threw a 98-yard interception for a touchdown. Yeah, the fumble inside the 10. Yeah, I mean, those are again. two touchdowns right there was knocking I, on the door. Was I the only one that was kind of like... <gasps> like, when you saw... Jalen Hurts running it inside I, the 10-yard line. I go, line. don't fumble. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's come from behind. Well, he didn't don't, fumble. The guy just took it away from it. him. He just straight up took it. I told Kerry before the postgame started, Bob, it's, it was like a uh, watching a basketball game, and you know the guy, the trailing defender's coming, and he's going to knock the he's ball loose from a point guard, and you see it coming, and there's just nothing you can do about it, and it, it certainly happened. And uh, Credit Oklahoma defensively, though. I mean, they... Came up, and when they needed plays tonight, they made them. Ronnie Perkins had the sack there. That was probably the loudest I've heard the stadium this year Yeah, uh, for that that series down in the south end zone. After and then he turned it over and yeah, they got the three yes, and out. after yeah. the turnover. Yeah, I mean, they had two, two drives. TCU could have driven to take the lead. It's a three and out, and it's a pick. Yeah. That's exactly what Alex Grinchman preached. Here's uh, Here is Lincoln Riley talking about Jalen Hurts and the turnovers. I believe Garen Emig uh, from the Tulsa World asking the question. Security. I mean, that, that falls directly to Jalen. He's he's had the picks and he had the fumble. Like you just mentioned them stripping him. Is that? I, I know you're going to say you're not concerned or alarmed, but he's got to. He there there comes a point where it's he, yeah, he's no. got to be better. No, I'm not going to say I'm not. We don't have to do better with that. I mean, you know, a guy that's handling the ball, making as many decisions as he makes. You don't want to obviously have the one down there in the red zone. I'll be interested to see the the interception because I did feel like that we slipped a little bit on the route. And I'll be interested to see how much of it was that and how much of it was was maybe a you know the decision to throw I didn't have a great vantage point of it um, so you know other than that he was pretty clean through the game you know missed a couple of throws it, one of the first games that he just missed a few throws down the field that could have really busted the thing open and uh, just was I mean and they were all just I mean long by just a tad bit so he was just a little bit off on some of the deep balls um, ran the ball extremely well um, yeah, and I mean he's got to do a, he's got to do a better job putting it away. I mean this one, this one was different. It was a breakaway, which can be one of the toughest ones because so many guys don't want to run with it tight in that scenario because they feel like it does slow them down a little bit and you know just didn't see the guy coming up on him. I think he thought he was cruising in, and so uh, yeah, no, we need him to do better with it. And he's doing a ton of things well. I thought his understanding of the run game and then how we wanted to attack them in the throw game was was. He did some really good things. He didn't get paid off for all of them, but you can I could see some of the progress in him taking and understanding what we want him to do. So new challenges each week. That's part of how this thing goes, and we're getting better, and uh, he's doing a great job and leading us to victories, and hopefully he can lead us to a few more. You know, and, and as Lincoln said, he missed some wide-open shots. I mean, Rambo. That, that throw to Rambo, that is made, what do you think, Ninety, it's got to be seven point eight percent of the time. The last three, four years, yeah, maybe even ninety nine percent. You just don't miss that. You can't no. miss that play. And those and are he the had plays. About four of those that he missed. I mean, and I know that this regular season's obviously running out. Only one more game left, but 
you have the Big 12 championship, what they qualify uh, qualify for tonight. But those are the types of plays. If you don't make them against a really good team, they get you beat. Trevor the Lawrence makes get you those. beat. Absolutely. Uh, um, Mac Jones makes that. Joe Burrow makes those. Joe Burrow Josh, makes that. Justin Fields makes that. Everybody does. Everybody does. That's up. up uh, it, it's crazy to me. And by the way, Oregon got beat tonight out in the out in the desert. So you know the door opens even more for Oklahoma in the playoffs and all that. But at the same time, it's it's funny that the defense has gotten better. Uh, you know, it, it's gotten to the point of what I think everybody wanted when Alex Grinch came in. But at the same time. I, I don't think that there's anybody out there right now that could honestly tell you that Oklahoma can play with that upper echelon group. And we yeah. saw Ohio State yeah. today take care of Penn State. Uh, obviously, LSU beat the shit out of Arkansas because Arkansas is like an eighth grade football team. Or John said you don't celebrate beating Arkansas. That's what he said. Yes. That's the most disrespectful thing I've, <laughs> I've heard all day. It just... It, That's pretty good. There's nobody, I don't think, out there that, that honestly, truly believes that this team in a way, can play with those guys. But at the same time, they might have that opportunity if you win in Stillwater yeah. and, and There's in There's got to be a fourth team. There has to be a fourth team. It's it's crazy. It's, 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 and it wasn't Georgia the way they, they played today. But, but well, then again, if, you, fell, if, if OU plays the way they did in the first quarter, I think they can. As much as it's nothing has seemingly been falling OU's way the last couple of weeks, everything fell for OU today. Sure. State yeah. won. Texas, well, lost, but they lost to Baylor. Oklahoma State won. Oregon lost. I mean, the only other thing that could happen is Utah lost, and they didn't. I mean, the crazy thing is easy. Oklahoma has two games that you know of on their schedule right now. Washington it's beat gonna be, Colorado. That that actually helps OU. Yeah, absolutely. Or Colorado beat Washington. Colorado beat Washington, so that takes away Utah's quote-unquote quality win. But OU, on their schedule left, they have a top 25 road game mm-hmm. and probably maybe a, a, top 10 a, maybe a top 10 matchup in the yeah. Big 12 championship. and. It's just it's wild the way this whole thing. I, has, I, Ohio State's the only other team I think that has that. A two, a, a top twenty-five and then a top ten, and then a top ten, yeah, possibly with Minnesota. Who, I mean, it it could be argued that game's going to be interesting next week in Minneapolis. I think Wisconsin goes up there for the winner take all. We'll go to the uh, you got it. Yep, to the Big Ten championship. Mm-hmm. So I, I just Penn State didn't. I mean, they didn't falter. No. I mean, Ohio State, didn't but you just know what they did? They took care. They took advantage of turnovers. Yeah, and turnovers just completely turn games around. It's it's insane. I think that you know OU obviously they could very easily have lost the last three games. I don't think there's any doubt. I, easily, here's where I think you know, and I even heard radio guys kind of confused about this about the game tonight, and, and I'm sure there are fans out there confused. But I think a lot of people feel like because OU ran so much today. They lost. Like they, like it somehow taints the reputation of Oklahoma as an offensive power or something. Like they had to revert to running. Yeah, they I mean, couldn't pass. Well, not so much like that. Just like you know, it's almost like they're saying, you know, what's you know, like what happened to Lincoln Riley? Like what he, what happened to the play caller that used to be Lincoln Riley? It's like it's it's formed all these questions. Look, they just ran it at will. So, I mean, that's what they continue to just be lucky you have a coach that's offensive minded that loves to throw the ball around that is willing to just say, you know what? It's in our best interest to run the ball as much as possible today. Like, what's wrong with just saying that? They ran the ball for 366 yards against Gary Patterson, who was 24th in rush defense coming in. 
you know, it's funny. Everybody was wondering if Lincoln Riley going to run the ball when they hired him way back in 2015. That was the I need to find it, but yeah, uh, OU yeah. has rushed for at least 300 yards in a game uh, for the fourth time. And by the way, it was the most rushing yards spend, since 2015. What did we spend the first after the first seven games? All we talked about was they need to get the running backs more involved. Like sure. Jalen's running it too much; he's taking away the running back carries. And now Lincoln Riley is going out and running Kennedy Brooks to establish the start of every game. And people are bitching that he's not passing the ball on first down. It's like, I cannot believe. I guess I can believe. But, look, here's Lincoln they Riley. Fum- they fumbled the ball twice inside the 10-yard line. Yeah. Or, I mean, fumbled once and threw an interception. Yeah. Like, yep. That's 14 points. Well, and Jayden and one of them was a, was a legitimate 14-point like, like swing with the pick 21 six. 21 points, basically. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Uh, here is Lincoln Riley talking about just running the ball today. We just honestly didn't need to throw it that much. I mean, honestly, we ran it so well. And, uh, you know, some of it had to do with what TCU was doing. Some of it just had to, had to do with, man, we were just running it great. I mean, Jalen was running it great. Ramondre, Kennedy, thought our offensive line was as consistent with their job and as, as probably as physical as we've been all year. And, yeah, I mean, the running game was so good. I mean, you just felt like, man, we're getting chunk plays out of it. We're moving the ball. We're controlling the clock. And the one disappointing thing in the run game is not getting paid off, you know, with with the points that we probably should have gotten, obviously. And uh, so, you know, you got to do better. That's the name of the game. Um, But uh, very encouraged. And being able to run the ball well this time of the year matters. And probably our best rushing performance of the year. And that's exciting, certainly going forward into these next challenges. Uh, I was I was trying to look this up. So OU Jalen hurts the quarterback, and uh, Kennedy Brooks, they combine for one, four, three, two hundred, no, three hundred, three hundred twenty-two, forty-one, three hundred twenty-two, three hundred twenty-two yards. Yes, as a tandem. Uh, oh, I was looking. I didn't get lost in there. Three twenty-two on what? 53 carries. Mm-hmm. 53 carries. I was curious Hertz like what Chuba Kennedy Hubbard Brooks. did against him. So Spencer Sanders and Chuba Hubbard 39 or 39 carries for 301 yards. But I mean Chuba Hubbard had 223 which is a little more than Jalen Hurts had. Well, he had the loss. So yeah, it's just, I mean he had a little he had more than both of them, but I mean, I, I don't know what you – do you walk away thinking that, oh, you played better defensively than the offense – not sucking, but turning the ball over? Like, do yes, the turnovers outweigh a, what OU did defensively? Well, they shouldn't have anything to do with, you know, one another. That's the thing. It's like they gave up 204 yards of total offense. They gave up 17 points. They got seven points because they returned an interception 98 yards for a touchdown. The defense didn't have anything to do with that. Sure. So they gave up 204 yards. When they ne- here's the thing that impressed me most is oh, like not to mention that they were able to get off the field with a field goal before halftime, right? Which I thought was big again. And when Jalen Hurts did fumble the ball inside the 10 yard line, which granted they were they were deep in their own. I mean, TCU was deep in OU's territory, but the defense still went out there, kicked their ass, took it and and ran three plays, got the ball back, and made them punt like. That's not the defense we're used to seeing at Oklahoma. This three and out takeaway mentality that they started in practice 
couple weeks ago. One of nine on third down yeah. for the Frogs. It's whatever they're doing, it's actually working. It's getting that, that's instilling in them exactly what Grinch has been looking for is that sense of urgency every single play you're out there. Well, and here is uh, Alex Grinch after the game talking about uh, adversity and uh, just how his team is handling that better. You said, I remember, you know, after the Kansas State game, you said everybody's got to handle adversity better. And you just said, give me all the, you know, give, it, give me all you can give me. Um, you feel like you, you see these last two games, like since that Kansas State game, does that give you kind of that sense of accomplishment as a coach? Like, okay, we're, we're starting to handle adversity? Well, well it does. And, 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 you know, obviously you're in the results business, so you can only go so far down that dark road of, of adversity. You know, again, you, you get, you're, you're in the business of winning football games but but I'll say this you either believe in adversity or you don't you know there, there's you, you you there's really no middle ground and so you get you and, and what's so critical about it is uh, that, that that you use it the right way and again in you know uh, coaches and, and I guess I'll speak specific to myself I'm a little bit different that way like I, I, I do I get like that 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 uh, is a driving force that, that gets you awfully excited uh, to, to see those things you know and then and again everybody wants you know win the game 50 to nothing and, and all those things and I'll take those too but but uh, another there's something to that. That's, that's why you're in the business. There's, um, that's also why why uh, they call you coach, is so that you you can you can help guys, uh, maybe through some of those moments and, and learning experiences, all those things, and to see them one do it, then two reap the benefits of it is uh, uh, it, it does excite you as a coach. And I kind of alluded to this. This is to me what the expectation level of the OU defense has become. It has become, okay, the other team's going to score a lot, but we're going to score a lot too. Just don't let them score as many times as we score. Like, just that's the not to dominate, not to go out there and create havoc and turnovers and sacks and tackles for loss and all that stuff. The flying around to the football, big hits. Like, that wasn't the expectation. The expectation level was just get them off the field every once in a while. And now you're starting to see a defense that kind of gets pissed off and they kind of go out there. Well, at least you did tonight. Uh, you go out there and you get a three and out. Uh, as uh, Lincoln Riley was talking about after the game, um, you know, just, just the the defense, the difference that he sees in the defense is that they actually want to get back out on the field after something bad happens. Lincoln, there's there's so much talk and question about what you guys are defensively. Um, when you look at that second half and Jalen's turnover and the, and the turnover on downs and the way they responded, is that something different that you see from this defense that you haven't seen in the past? Yeah, there's some, there's some really incredible resilience. I mean, that's the, I mean you look at the, the stats, say you play pretty good defensively, say you play really good. Um, but they don't even tell the whole story. You know, the different adversities that came up defensively and, and how we were able to not only make a lot of stops but make them in such key times. And kind of I loved our our defensive guys to me, and I've always thought the best defenses have this. They were even excited after we would have a turnover and didn't get on fourth down. Like, they were excited to just get back on the field. It wasn't like – Oh, the offense, you know, didn't score, or they turned it over. They didn't get it on fourth down. Sometimes you see defenses go out there, like kind of taking the mood of, oh man, it was unsuccessful. Like our guys were chomping at the bit, like they wanted to be back out there. They're probably pissed right now if they only got to play 45 snaps, which is awesome. I mean, that is, I, you guys got tired of me saying mentality, 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 mentality. That's mentality right there. Has this defensive mentality finally 
shifted? Has it changed? I mean, it's Parnell Motley's two, you know, interception of the two point conversion. Yeah. Nick Benito last week ending the Baylor game, uh, and then Brendan Radley Howes ending the game tonight. I don't know how you couldn't build confidence from what they've done over the last six ish quarters for sure. Uh, and then obviously the way that the Iowa State game ended. Uh, and even in the first half of the Baylor game, it was a situation, you know, more so about them just being put in terrible positions Double again. Turnovers again. Uh, Iowa State game was awful. Like yeah, that. I mean, it just it it's 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 kind of crazy, but we'll see, we'll see. They're gonna they're gonna get a, a heavy dose of the best running back in the country next week. We'll see if they're up to the challenge. And I think it starts up front. I mean, it. I don't think it's a uh, coincidence that when they've played well. You're getting solid play out of Ronnie Perkins. You're getting a, a sack from a Jalen Redmond. The way Redmond started tonight with the tip pass, the first drive, the sack on the second, he set the tone, and before you knew it, it was 21-0 before you could even blink. Well, and you even had a guy like a, a Kenneth Murray flying around that it is you, – you can just tell, just being down there on the field, what him just flying around means to that defense as far as – uh, an attitude or playing off of their leader or whatever it is. Uh, I'm just laughing at the, the sight Eddie. of JoJo picking his top five. <laughs> He's going to be triggered pretty soon. <laughs> I mean, he'll probably have Texas in there or somebody. <laughs> he'll, he'll put, maybe he'll fit Texas A&M in there after their close loss today. The Where are they going to oh, be they, ranked? They better be in the Where top 25. Where are they going to be ranked? I mean, they be better be in the ranked? top 20. Uh, okay, so... I, you know, this is not a finished product team. This is, I mean, we can't figure the, these damn guys out. I mean, it's it's almost impossible. I don't know what you're going to see in Stillwater next nope. week. Did you feel like they were closer tonight than maybe they were in the last couple weeks just as far as, and I know you can't eliminate the turnovers. <laughs> it, it's just impossible to do. If but for the 62-yard run by Duggan... I would have felt like that defense kicked their ass up and down the field. It would have been the it would down. have been the best performance, and it still might be one of the best performances in the last five years. Now that's probably telling you where this defense has been, but it was, it, I, I don't know. I, I think I think Dugan's going to be good when it's all said and done. Like, He's fast as shit. He is very quick. fast. Holy! But quick. for a guy like Jalen Rager reason, to only have one reception tonight is just yeah. crazy. He he doesn't seem to be gelling with that team like and i'll say this uh duggan dugan whatever he didn't get any help tonight he had a bunch of guys no. right in the chest and yeah they just and they dropped, just dropped them they dropped, dropped that touchdown yeah so yeah that, that, the long the one goal. that was a hell of a throw oh, i was talking about the one that oh led, the short one led to the field yeah, yeah. goal i don't know rager just kind of see I'm, i don't know maybe it's the whole decommitment thing maybe i'm trying to read too much into it. he just seems like he's got an attitude problem a little bit well uh, i mean they're a five and six football yeah, team he's probably not happy and he's playing at OU, the place he could have gone. Yeah. Well, probably had the better quarterback tonight. Maybe. <laughs> it just, it, the, the, the turnover thing, I think, is out of everything that we knew about Jalen Hurts coming in, I think the it's not the fact of him throwing interceptions. I could probably live with that. Like, you guys said that CD, he fell down in the he, end zone. He slipped a bit. It looked like yeah. he was he running a slant, a I think, and uh, he just slipped on the... Like everybody was doing the, tonight. It's the unforced errors, though, are just, they're shocking. I don't, uh, there's no other way to say it. They're shocking. You can't be that together off the field and then go on the field and make those mistakes. And yeah. you're just like, what the hell is happening? Even on the touchdown that he scored uh, to in the third quarter, he fumbled it. Yeah. 
I mean, he just it crossed just, the plane. It, it's weird. It is very strange. I wonder if it's becoming a phobia, like if it's becoming a thing. Yeah, like a mental thing. Yeah. For a guy that is that headstrong or whatever you want to call it, it it's just it's surprising and shocking that he can't hold on to the ball. And, I mean, that's a problem. That and, will that will get – at some point – I told Carrie before you got here, Bob, at some point, like, what's the what's – the, uh, the cliche uh, phrase as far as like you play with fire, you're going to get burned at some point. And mm-hmm. they've been very lucky the last three weeks that it hasn't cost them. And what's funny is it's not like he's gambling. It's not like he's trying to throw into a no, tight No, it's just win- happening in the course it's of the game. Yeah. A regular play. And it's like, what are you doing? Just dropping the ball. I mean, if I was, if I was just dropped down on earth, I'd say he's shaving points to get Alabama into the playoffs. Because you know what? I mean, you talk about that. I'm pick, obviously kidding. You talk about that uh, pick six. Two plays before it, the pass is bad it and should have been picked off anyway. Yeah. Oh, trust me. Jared called him a saving plan about th- <laughs> through the third quarter. That'd be pretty diabolical. <laughs> I'd actually, I'd, I'd have to tip my captain Nick Saban. <laughs> I, look, I, he had a rough night today, th- tonight throwing the football. I mean, there's no doubt. It, I mean, the short stuff, he finally got it going a little bit. And he did pick up, you know, some big first downs here yeah. and there. Uh, but like he said, when he, or like, you know, Lincoln said, when he missed out on those big throws early and when he missed out on on uh, Charleston Rambo, it just, it's, it's almost like Lincoln was like, okay, well, we'll run the ball really well. You know, let's let's just not go for the big explosive plays. You know, let's just, just. Let Kennedy and run the football. He had no clue how to get Lamb back. You know, we all wondered yeah. what CD, if he was going to play or not. And he was just a total non-factor. He still scored a touchdown. But two catches, 16 yards. That's there not- was... I'm not going to say he wasn't right, but it just... It never felt like he was right, if you will. It was it was just strange for CD tonight. I think Joey's trying to figure out how he can get Florida in his top five along with Georgia. LSU and Alabama. He's probably trying to figure out how Wait, to use how the goddamn screen. Florida got in, Wisconsin, but not not. No, Baylor? those aren't their top sixes. Those are just at the bottom. No, I know those are, but those are the choice. You can't even choose Baylor. Oh, I oh, see yeah, what that, you're saying. That was like that yeah. this afternoon too. Two lost teams that aren't even going to play for their oh, conference yeah. championship. No, Baylor, Baylor, they're one loss. They probably down. don't have a Baylor graphic. <laughs> I noticed that this afternoon during the okay. halftime of the Oklahoma State game. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Hmm. Baylor's just not even. Florida can't do anything. Baylor's not even a football program right now. <laughs> Sorry, it's crazy. It's it's disrespectful, is what it is. I, I look. We're gonna find out maybe a lot next week in Stillwater. I don't. I mean, Will Drew Brown. Mean, I don't know what Drew Drew Brown brings to the table. He was apparently really bad today. He wasn't against good. West Virginia. He wasn't great. Watch. They're most not of getting that. Spencer Sanders back. We no. know that for sure. No, that's... I mean, no Sanders, no Wallace. This is a much different team than what we thought a month ago. I mean, we'll talk about it throughout the week. We'll talk about it on the unofficial 40, but I would have to think that OSU figures out a way to try and get Jelani Woods. If they watch what Iowa State did with their big-bodied tight ends, like, he's a perfect... Or not a perfect matchup, but he's the anti-perfect matchup for Oklahoma. Yeah. It just it they're gonna have to get pressure on Drew Brown. If they can get pressure on him, I think that you can rattle the guy. And and I think we'll I mean, it looked to me from what I watched that West Virginia did a pretty good you know job on OSU's offensive line. I think that line's kind of 
Is it hasn't it kind of fallen apart a little bit as the season's gone along? Yeah, a little bit. And I think the Stills brothers are pretty good. Yeah, they are. They like to talk. I know that. I saw that plenty. Whole thing just it's it's been a strange season. It's Oh, you's not a notable game next Saturday. <laughs> this goddamn TV <laughs> network. I swear, like I've never been is the Is it on Fox? Or I've something? never it been is, the anti ESPN guy, it. but <laughs> But I mean you've got what Ohio State and Michigan, Clemson, South Carolina. Like they just picked every single team that's playing on ESPN except for because Mich- they're on Fox. Michigan's starting to play a little bit better. That'll be an interesting game. Is that game in Ann Arbor next weekend? Yes, it is. Ohio State and Michigan. Is uh, is Big Fox is is their big noon kickoff or whatever? Is that going to be from Stillwater next week? No, I think it's they're from uh, Ann Arbor. Probably okay. Michigan. Oh yeah, because yeah, they have that game. Game day is going to Minnesota. Uh, for Minnesota, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michigan is playing a lot better. Go Wisconsin. So, uh, I mean, outside of that, let's uh, do we want to? Because I thought that you know this was going to be pretty squared away, and we'd have a pretty good idea of uh, what we were going to do, and and you know it was all going to work itself out, but it it really didn't end up that way uh, for uh, this. Eskridge Lexus is all about embracing the best. That's why they are the official travel partner of the Soonerscoop.com podcasts. So it's time for us to recognize the Sooners best with our Eskridge Lexus player of the game. All right. I want to remind you, good folks, that the uh, the people of Eskridge Lexus, uh, boy, they do a great job taking care of us throughout the year in our travels. Uh, let us... Uh, Right around in the lap of luxury, or the back seat of the lap of luxury, if you're Eddie. Uh, but uh, we've recently uh, taken the uh, the smaller SUV, the NX, out, and uh, those were great, great little rides. If you're looking for something smaller than the the full size SUV, but a lot of great deals going on right now. They've got some 2019s left, but a lot of 2020s in stock too. And it's the uh, uh, year end uh, savings event uh, with Christmas going on. But here's the thing: go to EskridgeLexus.com. Uh, or uh, uh, contact Ed Eskridge and uh, let him know that you're a big scoop uh, listener, subscriber, and uh, they will get you a special a special deal. I'm not lying. A special deal on any Lexus that they've got in stock. Uh, and I've driven a Lexus for you know over 10 years now. Love them. Wouldn't drive anything else. Very little problems. You just get it, drive around in luxury. You don't have to worry about it breaking down. It's a great car. So uh, EskridgeLexus.com. Thanks for uh, their great support of the uh, podcast, and uh, hope you guys will support them if you're out there looking for uh, a luxury car. So, think thanks to uh, Eskridge Lexus. Okay, so I don't. I mean, go around the table. I'm just going to throw mine out there. It's not a player. It's the offensive line. I'm going to give some love to the offensive line today. R.J. Proctor starting in place of Eric Swenson, who didn't even suit out by the way today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you guys would be able to tell me from up there. It seemed like. Pretty good overall. I mean, I don't know how you can bitch and complain about an offensive line that helped rush for 366 <laughs> yards. They, I mean, I, th- I think the main thing is that we're starting to see, like you're starting to see, you know, Tyrese Robinson and, and Creed Humphrey and uh, Marquise Hayes really all play together. Marquise Hayes probably that guy that's starting to just become a dog. Like he's starting to become that guy that's going to be the national, you know, spotlight player for, I mean, he might become kind of the poster boy for the OU offensive line in the next couple of years. 
Yeah, I think so. He, he was banged up a little bit, too, on – I forgot what play it was. It looked like he was dealing with a knee or an ankle injury, but he stayed in the game, obviously. It wasn't that big of a deal, but uh, he just – he's a massive, massive human. He is so big. <laughs> and he's said. such he's, – he's, he's such a nice guy, too. Like, yeah. when you see him in a football uniform now, you're like, he looks kind of scary, but I know he's nice. He's one of those guys I think that will always have some type of um, – connection to just yeah. because of the way that he came across everybody's radar at the yeah. rivals camp mm-hmm. in kansas city so like if you bring that up to him it's like we talked to him on video about yeah. a month ago yeah. like he gets a little glimmer in his eye like, yeah i mean that gave him his opportunity basically he likes us he really likes us put him on the map you're welcome uh, bob, we, need, we need to get cut in on the uh, nfl contract yeah, no kidding bob <laughs> uh who are you going with for your eskridge lexus player of the game? i will go kennedy brooks not only for the 149 rushing yards, but because, man, he was just as effective as the lead blocker for Hurts time and time again. And I actually wondered, as I was going down the elevator, radio was talking about Brooks's shoulder being hurt. I don't know if you saw he that. Came, he came out on a, uh, it was during the fourth quarter on one of those final drives. He came out after a uh, Jalen Hurts draw up the middle that he was a blocker and he again. was the blocker but he came back in uh if i remember correctly because that's why stevenson had okay maybe he didn't couple i saw him after the game though and he was he was he was high five you were standing right there with me and he so. did the post-game interview so you know he's all right because you know wouldn't have been allowed if there's something wrong so brooks gets it because when it got to 21 17 and they needed to get a score they went on the ground. Brooks, I think, started like a 30-yard run. And it's like, oh, okay, breathe again. It's going to be a two-score game here very shortly. He was fantastic. And uh, like I said, the other thing tonight that, uh, you know, Brayden Willis's catch in the end zone, by the way. Oh, that's awesome. That was one of the best catches of, awesome. of the year. Uh, but they went with Willis and Jeremiah Hall a ton tonight. Like, they I would go say big. it was almost 50-50 that they went big tonight. Maybe more so. I thought that was kind of interesting. I Yeah, absolutely. And, you did, know, I, did Theo Weiss get many snaps tonight? Oh, man. You know, I Hazelwood got some until he fumbled. Listen, that I mean, I, I think that everybody kind of knew in the back of their mind that was bound to happen. I, Hazelwood had himself a rough night. He had the... Uh, he got into a little bit of a scuffle after saw that. after the play. Yeah. Immediately came out, and you know Dennis Simmons coached him when he got to the sidelines. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that Did big yell, of a deal. Yeah. Yep, watched but, it. And, yep. and they they came. He came back in, and you just you can't fumble right there. You yep, can't man. fumble on the on during that moment of the game. Uh, it was it was a, it's going to be a learning. You know, I, plus you're I would out there imagine on the we screen, him. so nobody else is around that TCU yeah. guy just jumped right on top of it. I would imagine that we'll talk to him in two years or something, and <laughs> that would be one of those games. It's like, yeah, that was part of my learning experience was fumbling he and had in the wrong not being able he had to, it in the wrong hand. Is that what it was? It, not the outside. He had on the inside. He had on inside hand. I mean, they just it's crazy. Like you feel like this team is so close to putting it all together. And then they don't. When, I'm sure. I'm sure the receivers were a little disappointed because they come out of that Baylor game. And they're thinking, okay, we got this. Fig- we got this passing game stuff figured out. Jalen's gonna, you know, he's gonna distribute the ball more evenly and equally to people. And then the passing game just takes a complete backseat. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Gladney, the best corner in the conference, according to Josh, missed the first half 
because of the targeting last week. Right. And yeah. you didn't even notice it because they didn't get anything done. Yeah. And you're like, well, when Gladney comes back, they're really not going to get much done. And they just didn't. Yeah. Well, uh, moving forward, Bedlam to go 11-1 and next week. Uh, Eddie said this after the game. He doesn't know if the OU fan base has ever been less happy to be 10-1 and right now. You hear from Lincoln, too. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it just... it. I I realize the position that a lot of Oklahoma fans are. They, in a way, are still a little bitter that... I, I, I don't know even know if bitter is the right word. It's just, it's a very weird... Like, they're 10-1. They're and one. It should be celebrated. They're in line to go play for a fifth straight Big 12 title. You got the playoffs still out there. Basically, kind of, you're knocking at the door now with... Uh, the happenings in the Pac-12, and it just, it doesn't feel like it. It, it feels like this team is 7-4 and four or 8-3 and three or something. I just, it, it I, I can't. It's, it's it, weird. As weird as it is to try and explain what the fan base is right now, it's even weirder to try and explain what this team is. I have no <laughs> idea. Like, you could tell me that they're going to go up and get beat by three touchdowns in Stillwater, and you could tell me that they're going to win by three touchdowns in Stillwater. I could make a legitimate argument and probably believe that argument on either side of it. I don't. I yeah. I don't get the malaise or whatever you want to call it. Um, well, if I mean, if you want to just boil it down to the center, to the root of the problem, it's a spoiled fan base, that, and that's what it is. And I know that people will be offended by that, but it's a spoiled fan base. Yeah, and you're eleven not, and one. There's not really anything to. You know, there's not a win at Ohio State. There's not anything to kind of, you know, take, you know, kind of uh, bump your chest out about. Sure. There's not. But you know what? The stuff that's happening out there, it's kind of like I don't understand why fans aren't out there, you know, more banging the drum about why is Utah ranked ahead of us? Because I think that would be a good drum to bang. I think a little bit of that is just kind of a, uh, I don't know. Do you think that? Oklahoma's lack of success in the college football playoff has people tentative as yeah, far as probably. not wanting to buy into an idea that they just haven't been good enough over the last couple of years. And obviously it's because of the defense, but it's just the, the storylines in this entire thing are interesting for the fact that it's like they, they would kill to have a Baker or a Kyler at quarterback right now. But those teams last year would kill to have a defense like this. Well, and that's the thing. Like you right. can tell Baker or Baker, you can tell Lincoln right now is kind of like, I mean, the message I got from him tonight was, "Look, we're ten and one. We want to. If we get a shot at this thing, we want our shot. Like we're not going to turn down a shot. <laughs> like we want to break down the door. We want to go. We'll play anybody. Just give us that chance. I mean, that's his attitude. As dumb as it sounds, LSU might be the only matchup they might have a." legitimate shot because the Tigers defense has not shown up throughout the most throughout most of the season the whole thing's weird I, just, weird I have no I idea I don't know if North Carolina can take Clemson to overtime and I think Clemson's pretty good I think Clemson's gotten better whatever Oklahoma can do to n- avoid playing Chase Young because <laughs> I think that RJ yeah. Proctor, whoever that they he went up against, would have to file a restraining order yeah. before the game just to avoid that problem. It just unless they did what Baylor did and put Lynch on Adrian Ely for the whole game, then you might have a fighting ch- a chance. Yeah, I just 
like Nate and I were talking down on the sidelines. It just the whole thing. I can't remember. It's like it's what we opened with. I can't remember a three weeks in which Oklahoma has won and the momentum swings, the emotions in the game have just been so up and down. I mean, it's been fun it, from a entertainment yeah, standpoint. Yes. <laughs> it's been great. Let me throw this out at you. I mean, maybe it's this. Maybe it is that people are so down on the Big Twelve that they can't accept that actually these teams are difficult to beat. Oh well, I'm mean, struggling. Oh, yeah, with. of course. I I think that there's a lot of that nationally, just as far as you know. I don't think that any team in the conference is just complete shit. No, but I mean, like we said. Iowa Outside State maybe, is not maybe Texas. Iowa, you're, Iowa State's not going to let you beat the hell out of them. No, OSU's not going to let it either. TCU won't. I mean, it's just undoable. Well, maybe Clemson could do it. Ohio State could do it. I think the upper echelon teams would completely run through them, but <laughs> it just it, the whole thing has been uh, it's been strange. So I, what we've decided is oh, he's not upper echelon, and everybody should feel. <laughs> As pissed off as they are. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is like I completely understand that why the fans are so upset. I completely understand. You know, I mean, we're sitting in here and talking about it as well. It's just like I do think that those are the people that are demanding Spencer Rattler play immediately. Like, like he would just fix. Like the people that feel like we don't have a chance because we don't have Baker or Kyler. Like, if you put Spencer in there, we do have a Baker or Kyler. The problem with that, he's a true freshman. He's never played at this level before. It was fun. When it was 21, out, 21 nothing. I thought we were headed to a new wave 19 game. I was like, all right, these guys are going to get a lot of run. Yeah. Spencer has got a game to kill or two. It's 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 time. I was like, nope. <laughs> they just didn't get that token blowout. I never blowout. thought that. I never thought they, they were going to blow the, out. They didn't get tonight. the token blowout throughout the second half of the season. I mean, statistically, it just... If you look at the statistics, if you compare them to each other like and then you realize it was a four-point game it's just insane it is oh yeah what happens when you throw a pick six a pick six you fumble inside the 10 like i think it just literally comes down to your most experienced player turning the ball over at a rapid turnovers killed that game i mean and it might have i mean the max might have been 34 17 but still that's a hell of a lot different than 28 24 gotta clean it up Got to clean it up, yeah. or you're going to get beat at some point. Whether it be next week or in uh, in Arlington, you're going to get beat if you keep turning the ball over. They've been extremely lucky over the last three weeks to. The thing is, I think they're so much better than Baylor because they did have play shitty and they got down thirty-one ten and they still came back and won like it was nothing. I'm no. I'm I'm wondering about Brewer because that shot against Texas was nasty. Yeah, and I didn't see it. You're two it weeks. Nasty. You're two weeks out, so I mean, maybe he doesn't play next week. They should still beat Kansas. They, they should beat Kansas, which well. you know, I mean, Kansas kind of pushed Iowa, Iowa State, State a little bit yes. today. Is that game? That game's in Lawrence too, isn't it? Yes. I don't know. I just that'd be the worst. If Baylor oh, if if Baylor loses to Kansas and is ten and two, pulled that upset. That would make he would just he might die in the right. post. Bob Bowlesby had any balls, he'd call Les Miles and say, "Les, I know you're the you're a new first year head coach. <laughs> but you got to do the conference of solid. You got to tank this tank game. It. Yeah. They need a top ten matchup in Arlington." Is it, I'm maybe I'm maybe more excited than I am in a in a long while for Bedlam and for these next two weeks just for the fact that I have no idea what to expect. 
I'm going to tell you, OSU fans are going to get jacked up for this thing by the oh, time yeah. it, it Oh, I, I talked to a couple of my buddies tonight. That, Their chance to ruin OU season and get Chuba to New York. Sure. Like, that is all they need. Sure. It's going to be a great atmosphere. I mean, OSU, when they're 2-9 when they're and nine or 3-8 and eight or whatever, you go up there, It's you're expecting it to be a game. It's 12-7 in 2000. I think we've exactly. all seen enough Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State games, too, to know that Drew Brown will play well next week. There will be guys open. <laughs> right? I don't know. I just haven't seen enough of him. I don't know. Out, right outside now. of Stoner, who's really kind of become... He had some really bad throws today. Yeah. Well, West Virginia put it, put some pressure on him. and I mean, the first half was awful. It did feel like OU got back to being active up front on defense today. Yeah. Even though they were only rushing three, which was about to drive me crazy. I thought Ronnie Perkins, Neville Gallimore, and uh, uh, Jalen Redmond, Redmond played yeah. pretty well. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be fun. I, I'm excited. I I I have no idea what to expect though. To say that you do, I think you're a you're a goddamn liar. <laughs> well, I GD'd it and you GD'd it, so we're both in trouble with the Catholics. Uh, I'm going to mass in the morning. No big deal. Yeah. See, I told people like you probably go to church more than we do. Hmm. <laughs> all right that's gonna do it i'll let you guys go, go and go to bed uh i'll do the same but not before i get the podcast up so that's it for this season uh for home games crazy for oklahoma crazy 28 20 we do all this shit <laughs> all the way from august to now and, and that's the final by. home game I don't know how much this flew by since the Kansas State loss. Listen. This has been a grind. grind. Yeah. <laughs> Oklahoma fans, you're being entertained. This is entertainment. It right? is. Gladiator meme. Oh, by the way, I will say, too, that Grant Calcaterra leading the team out of the tunnel was, was amazing. awesome. Yeah. That was it really was cool. Just his whole involvement and everything. I was a little you know surprised I mean? Neville Gallimore got included in the Don Key, but it makes sense. I'm not complaining about it by any means. At least it wasn't like five people. Yeah. I'm okay with two. <laughs> yeah, that's Lee fine. Morris, Nick Basquiat. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought it was going to be every senior because they were out there standing by Don <laughs> Key at the beginning. It's crazy. They only had 11 guys out there. Yeah. One, 12, I guess, plus Calcaterra. But. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks uh, to Eskridge Lexus for uh, doing what you do for us here on the uh, post game podcast. Thanks to Eddie and Bob for sticking up. It is uh, way too late. It is almost 3 a.m. It's the third game in a row, and we'll do it a fourth. Woo! But at least that Big 12 game is going to be at 11 a.m., so don't be bitching about that, all right, people? We're dying for you. We're taking years off our lives for you. And you're leaving the stadium anyway. Bob, the, will, Bob will probably go home to a crying baby. At the end of the day, you're 11-1. and one. You're Ta going back to a Big 12 championship. You got a defense that somewhat looks like something that you can it's improving. you can call your own yeah and you cannot be it's it's not something you're ashamed of i'll be damned if you don't have a chance to maybe go play for a college football playoff again which is if you would have told me that after if you would have told me that during the middle of the second quarter in waco i would have wondered what art browse had done to you what family member does he have caged in a closet somewhere i was happy to see mount vernon get beat out of the playoffs by the way were they i didn't even pay attention yeah, i think so 
All right, this will really do it this time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you back here uh, after Bedlam next week on the Eskridge Lexus Post Game Podcast.